Welcome back to another episode of A Bite of D&D, where we add flavor to your games and campaigns. I am Micah, and as always, I have Zach sitting across the internet from me. How's it going, guys? And today, we're going to take a trip down into the Underdark and take a look at the Darrow. Zach, what are the Darrow? That is an excellent question. We're not sure. They're probably dwarves. I was about to say, they're... They're probably dwarves. I'm not sure the Darrow know what the Darrow are. That's that's exactly where the problem lies. I think we can safely say that the most likely thing that a Darrow is is a degenerate dwarf. The kind of proposed history of the Darrow is that they are part of the clans of dwarves that were captured by the Mind Flayers. And that the Durgar are the dwarves that escaped quickly-ish. And the Darrow are the dwarves that took a longer time to escape and thereby lost more of their ins- insanity or their sanity. Uh, they um, so could do with losing some of their ins- insanity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are they are small-sized, which is the thing to note. And they aren't as bearded and as... What's the word? constitute as a dwarf would be i think my my mind always led down the path that these were maybe more like degenerative gnomes if gnomes could get more degenerative they they definitely have a bit more of that appearance especially uh you you can find these fellas on page 158 159 of mordenkainen's tome of foes and some of the art in there definitely screams gnome a bit more to me but there you yeah. can, you you definitely get where they could have some dwarven heritage as well and i think that that's probably on purpose like uh wizards doesn't want us to know or be confident in the history so if they if they did all their art to look exactly like evil dwarves we'd all just assume they were evil dwarves but it's off enough that we are left guessing which is kind of the whole point well if you do a bit of digging outside necessarily the uh monster manual or i guess the the tome of foes you can see that part of what the goal was was that their the the original original or at least they believe the original darrow uh that they worship as gods dorinka and dinkarazan their goal was to kind of make a new subset of dwarves that were more lithe quicker more agile than their brethren and they were also seeking maybe a bit more magical power than the other dwarves so you could almost say that maybe they they had some selective breeding to try Mm -hmm. to make reach that goal similar to how uh, orcs when they are trying to create half orcs half orcs oftentimes being leader in those tribes that we covered in a previous episode kind of go out of their way to find things to improve their own traits. Right, absolutely. Yeah, they're just an interesting... Uh, lore-wise, they're interesting because we just don't know a lot. What about stat block-wise? What do we feel... What's interesting about them? We've got a CR one-quarter Darrow, and then we've got a Darrow Savant that's CR three. What's what's What jumps out at you? I mean, the big thing is it's not particularly crazy... But they are a very low CR creature that has magic resistance, so advantage uh-huh. against saving throws from spells and magical effects. And then they, they, aside from that, aren't particularly 
thrilling just from a stat block perspective. Uh, I do find it interesting that very similar to what we just talked about as far as wanting a more agile dwarf. Dexterity is their highest stat. Constitution coming in right behind and everything else is is pretty abysmal. Uh, Mental Mm -hmm. stats are not fantastic. Intelligence is fine, but wisdom is shot all the crap from the the crazy stuff they've got going on inside their heads. The sorcerers being the exception to that. They go from a 9 charisma to a 14 as they are looked as, upon as the leaders in the Darrow community. And and there you do have some interesting spells. Yeah, their spell list is nice. Lightning Bolt combat. is a bit weird for me being underground. Everything else looks great. Lightning Bolt's a bit weird, but in tiny caverns and stuff, that lightning bolt can do work punching a line down those those hallways. Yeah. That's what I was thinking is like looking at their looking at their spell list and thinking about encountering them in the underdark. Burning hands, sleep, invisibility, spider climb, lightning bolt. Like you've got enough tools in your toolkit to make an interesting combat with these guys. My main concern with these guys, you kind of touched on, they're they're low CR. The interesting thing is magic resistance which you're not going to be dealing with a ton anyways at at low levels and then they just go away like you you, there's really not a a way to encounter these guys from tier two on there is but there isn't like the 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 magic resistance is nice and once you're at higher levels you can throw that fireball at them and it's like oh they have a better chance to save but they have 13 hit points so i mean even if they save they're dead. They're dead. Yeah. They do uh, note, however, that the Darrow almost come across as pitiable creatures, especially if you find them in small groups or alone, yeah. and that they are smart enough to grovel at the feet of those that they deem more powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they also just part of their culture is they will look for a moment to backstab you and gain the upper hand at any opportunity. That's how, based on their own lore, Dorinka got away from the Mind Flayers or whatever enemy they happen to need to be riled up against by betraying his brother Dinkarazan, who was then captured and imprisoned and tortured in the Abyss. So they, they will gladly grovel at your feet and then stab you in the back as soon as they find an opportunity. But if you find them in a horde, they will chase you down like the insane little... I don't have anything to compare these two, but they they will chase you down like the little nutbags they are. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I wonder... To me, it almost feels like... And, and maybe I'm wrong, but it almost feels like they're not meant to be combatants for the most part. Like how they're designed, how they're put up in the book... It almost feels like they're not meant to be a serious combat threat. I mean, look, look for example, at the CR one quarter Darrow. I mean, first off, CR one quarter anything is absolute garbage. But, like, so they have this hooked spear, and it does 1d6. That's it. There's no adds to that. And, like you said, 13 hit points, 13 armor. Like, you're going to hit these almost every time, and almost every time you hit them, you're going to come close to killing. Um, and they're not doing much damage to you. So it almost feels like they're designed a little bit like the flumps in the monster manual as kind of like, hey, these are a monster, but really you're not supposed to fight them. I I would disagree there. I think they're certainly meant to be fought. And again, I think the, the, 
the terror comes from them coming in hordes. Well, I don't think the hook spear on its own as a damage source is all that scary. You throw a big group of these against some people who are maybe level 3, level 4, and with that hook spear, they can choose to deal no damage on a hit and knock the target prone instead, and suddenly you catch someone out in these caves where they can't see as well, where these guys have their superior dark vision. They trip someone up with that first attack, and then the rest of them all just gang up, stabbing in with advantage. <laughs> and you can still get some work uh, as they ambush you throughout the caverns. I don't necessarily think they're going to fight you head-on. I think these are definitely a guerrilla warfare, use their vision in the caves to their advantage sort of <laughs> creature. Especially when you get into the Darrow Savant. Again, lightning bolts down small cavern corridors is not a fun time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the Savant is definitely a, a viable threat for several levels of play. Um, I'll definitely give you that. I think what I'm missing here, and we can talk about maybe what we would do to uh, freshen these guys up a little bit, but what I'm missing here is some sort of interesting psychotic ability. They don't have necessarily an interesting ability, but if you can play up their Darrow Madness... If you use that chart to make a horde of them, I think my favorite is the one where they frequently lick their palms. <laughs> but there's some great little nuggets of crazy tucked away in the table they have uh, on here. And if you can play that up, I think they make great minions. I don't mm -hmm. think this is the main piece of your adventure, but I think they make fantastic minions. I mean, they only have 13 hit points anyway. If you hit them, they're probably going to die. Just yeah. knock it down That's to one. Don't worry about it. Just throw a bunch of them at your group uh, alongside whatever your intended threat is. Maybe they've captured uh, some sort of troll or something, and you're working against the troll, but you have these handlers that are using their hook spears to both corral the troll and trip you up, uh, stab at you as you go down. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I think they can, they're great as minions. I, I don't think, I, as you mentioned, I don't think they're great on their own as the main threat, but I think they make some very memorable, crazy beat sticks. Yeah. And I think, I think the, something, something that I was reading kind of alluded to that was saying that like, you'll all often find them in Durgar cities or in drow cities, like a clan of these guys. And so that to me implies that like, you're rarely going to see them on their own without some sort of more intelligent allied being connected to them that can kind of be the boss to the to the fight. So I, I, I do think, you know, like you said, if they're minions and you had like a drider, that could be fun as like a little encounter. There's a whole slew of Durgar, especially spellcasters in Tomophos, that you could tie up with some Darrow and that could make an interesting fight. Well, and let's touch on the Dorgar just briefly. I don't want to dig into what the Dorgar are themselves, but these creatures are so similar. The the I think the the Dorgar and, and this is a real stretch, but I think you could almost say that the Dorgar feel almost some sort of responsibility slash disgust at the same time for Darrow. And that's why they kind of allow them to be around and they don't mind using them as lackeys. Mm -hmm. but they also don't just clear them out is because uh -huh. if they had gotten them out as well, they'd probably be more akin to the Duergar themselves. And they see a 
fairly dark reflection of what they could have easily become in them. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that everything, it seems to me, that in the Underdark, everything is trying to enslave or to get out of slavery. And I think that the Durgar, at least in my mind, and again, my lore, my Forgotten Realms lore is probably different than true Forgotten Realms lore. But in my mind, like, the Durgar would be thrilled with the prospect of having a clan of Darrow that they could kind of use to do their bidding and manipulate their paranoia to the Durgar's ends. The Durgar are all about, you know, wiping out, defeating all of their dwarves. And I think that probably they see Darrow as, as since they see them as not a threat, it's like, well, we'll kill them last and use them until they have no further use. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a fair assessment of <laughs> the, the dark mentality of, of under dark life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Durgar. What, there, there's a saying somewhere. I think something about like the Durgar, the Drow of the Dwarves, but like 66 percent less evil. Uh, everything, everything is in the Underdark is like the Drow in that respect. Uh, so if you kind of understand how the Drow work, you kind of understand how the Underdark works. I think in part. I agree. I think the the big thing, uh, and why I, I especially enjoyed looking at these guys those specifically because the drow when you are in the underdark feel like tend to steal the spotlight quite yeah. a bit they're definitely the spotlight might not be the right word considering <laughs> their sensitivity but uh you, you know they they are definitely the more most popular i would say underdark creature and you definitely see tend to see them at least i see them pop up more than anything else. So having a few more things in your back pocket that you can throw out in those situations is always nice. And you know how I feel about drow and low CR drow to in particular. Yes. And the Darrow kind of let us have some breathing room before we before we have to throw drow into the mix. So I want to talk about just a couple things I would change on these guys that I think would make them more interesting without necessarily changing what they are. And that is that the Dorgar, or not the Dorgar, the Darrow casters have the ability Uh to cast Spider Climb. I really like the idea of just removing that as a spell they cast, replace it with something else, and just give all of them the ability to Spider Climb, uh, or at least give them a climbing speed for rocky mountainous surfaces in general because i think it's way creepier when instead of running down the tunnel you just see this wave of these little creatures looking at you from the ceiling as they crawl around the corner drop on you from up above so i think if i were to do anything with these guys if i think i think if i uh, were to introduce them in my game they all just have the ability they all just have a climbing speed innately because I think even though it doesn't change their physical stats or anything like that, it just gives off a completely different vibe when you come across them. That's interesting. I, I, I completely agree. I, I have a couple of thoughts here. The first one is um, in Greyhawk setting, I think, the Darrow are a mixture of humans and dwarves. And I think that, that there's not a whole lot of humans in the Underdark. So I think that... That's just an interesting idea to explore. And maybe that there are, you know, if, if maybe there's the drow are doing some weird interspecies breeding 
with the with the uh, Durgar and human slaves. I think that could be a fascinating bit. But the main thing that I like is that they talk about how Darrow steer towards sorceress origins. Mm-hmm. They they are prevalent within their society, and to me, the sorceress origins or the sorcery bloodlines are all about. I'll use the word mutations within an individual. You have the draconic bloodline, you have the wild magic. It's all these like abnormalities being made manifest in a creature. So I guess what I, my encouragement would be to explore that avenue of the Darrow sorceress origin and say, okay, what weird things pop up in a Darrow society? Uh, I think that there was uh, some Dragon Magazine articles that talked about like multi-armed Darrow mutants. To me, that's like you talked about like a spider climb, like Darrow's that manifest spider-like traits could be interesting. Some sort of spider sorcery, obviously, especially if they're tied to Loth or the Drow. Right. What I was about to say is we mentioned our dislike for low CR Drow earlier. If Darrow are kind of your introductory into the Underdark, having the multi-arms, the spider climb and stuff is a great way to tie in their relationship to the Drow and working so close to Loth and her other followers maybe the ones tied more closely to the Dorogar have other traits maybe instead of spider climb they have the ability to go invisible similar to what the Dorogar have i mean there's different ways you can mix it up depending on who the darrow are working for in the underdark maybe they've acquired some of the traits from those captors exactly exactly and i also think that Dorogar, you mentioned you know they're a good introductory i think that they're also a good introductory to an adventure because their insanity allows them to give the party hooks or give the party hints or clues without the party having any ability to gain too much knowledge, see too far ahead, question too thoroughly, and figure out what's going on before you intend for them to. If you throw Darrow at them, like, the Darrow are only going to say what the Darrow are going to say, like their minds are a jumbled mess. And I think that that's always having a creature like that is always handy to have to kind of helps guide the flow of an adventure at the pace that you want it to go. I want to touch on one more thing with their madness before I feel like I'm ready to wrap this up. Sure. Uh, and this maybe provides or gives them too much weight. Um, but you mentioned that a, a Darrow's only going to say what Darrow's going to say because it's it's mad. It, it doesn't necessarily control that thought process, dropping hints and the like. And there's a line when you go to look at one of their gods, Dinkarazan, who is so mad that if you were to use a spell such as detect thoughts on him, you would also go mad. And I think mm. it'd be interesting if you applied something similar Yes. to the Darrow. Not a automatic sort of thing. Maybe you tie it to a save. Maybe you, it is automatic and they, they have short-term madness or long-term madness or some sort of quirk that manifests because of it. But looking into the mind of someone that is that broken, I think you can definitely make interesting for your party. I like I like forcing them, like if they try to interact with that mind they have to make a con save or whatever it is, wisdom save, or they take on the effects of the spell confusion. Um, That'd be good. On a simpler side, if you don't want to like permanently mess them up, make them roll on the madness table 
in uh, the Darrow section of the book. Maybe now you've got a player who insults someone the first time they meet them, or they're the ones licking their palms, spitting out half their food and drink. There's a bunch of fun little traits on there. Make them roll on that table, and now they've suffered from a form of madness that they can't quite shake. I like that. And and what you, you, you said, I think this is a race that's perfectly reasonable for a player to play, especially if you're doing an Underdark campaign. I think that would be a lot of fun to have a Darrow player who really would have some excitement about playing up the paranoid, uh, psychotic side of them, and who was also okay with following the rest of the party's lead. I think that would be a fun character. I, I think that's all I've got for these guys. Again, I don't think their stat blocks or abilities provide anything interesting, but if you are to change a little bit about them, tie them into maybe who they are working with, who their captors are, just play into their madness. I think they can be a very memorable encounter, despite mm-hmm. not having anything strictly built into that stat block that stands out on its own. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's all for me, too. Well, as always, uh, you guys can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at A Bite of D&D. I am sometimes terrible about posting, but we are always good about responding. Feel free to hit us up. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we did wrong anything like that. And if you see us on iTunes or anything, uh, give us a review. Just lets us stand out a little bit more. Helps us uh, get in front of more people's vision, ear holes. I don't know, something like that. I think that's all I've got. All righty. Well, we'll see you next week, guys. See ya.